Ephesians chapter 6. I'm reading verse number 10, Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore... Take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore. Having your loins girt about with with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Let's just go ahead and read uh, all the way down to 19. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am, I had to see if that was a, I had to look through the bottom part of my glasses, see if that was a period or comma. For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, period. There's the period, all right. Um, it's funny when Brother... Um, Steve Vincent was teaching the men's Sunday school through this uh, through the men's Sunday school. How that you know commentators or apparently somebody out there uh, there's an argument on how many pieces of armor there are, whether to include prayer or not. I'm like, well, where's the sentence end? <laughs> Is prayer included in the sentence? Yes. All right. So as we go down through here, I'm, I've actually started numbering them. Uh, on my paper tonight, I put the girdle of truth. It says, gird yourself. Whether that's a belt or a girdle, we know that it's around our loins in this section here. It gives us strength. It helps our posture <laughs> uh, in the battle. gives us strength in the battle. The breastplate of righteousness uh, is the second one. And thirdly, uh, verse number 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Um, So, uh, it actually, one place in the Bible, over in Samuel, I can't remember the name, but you've seen, uh, again, uh, draw uh, artist renditions of the armor, and again, we have found all this stuff, probably back in the Roman, Roman age, where they had a piece of metal around their calves that went down and covered their feet. Um, 
and then whatever type of bottom that they had on their on their on their foot. But uh, they protected their feet, kind of like a uh, with an armor on their uh, the front, or wrapped around their 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 bottom part of their leg, and then it went down and covered their foot as well. And so again, it says, uh, "And your feet shod with the preparation of the uh, of the gospel of peace." So another thing I want to point out: we mentioned sentences here. Obviously, the sentence starts in verse fourteen, and it does end in in sixteen, and then picks up again with another uh, uh, sentence in seventeen with the with the conjunction and, but. 14 to 16 is one sentence, and we're talking about standing. It starts off with stand. Withstand, stand, stand. And we've dealt with stands. But we, we in, this, in this stand, in verse 14, again, we talked about how that, that girdle of truth, if you want to put it that way, how that belt gives us strength and it, it helps our posture. And what was the other one? Uh, the third one along those lines uh, not only dealt with our posture, but uh, the. Let's see if I've got it here. Yeah, it uh, belts beget better performance. <laughs> so it helps us in our wall. Or it helps us in our performance of our duties, if you wanted to put it that way. And of course, that breastplate of righteousness. We dealt when you you can go so many different ways. He's talking to the church, so. The righteousness of God has already been imputed to us. Uh, The righteousness of Christ has already been imputed to us in salvation, and there's a helmet of salvation. And and I think that when we get to the helmet of salvation, it goes back to making our calling and election sure. Look, you know, you've got to be in the uh, you know in uh, in the army, if you want to put it that way, to fight the battle. You've got to be on the track to run the race. And that comes in salvation, but he, he's already dealing. I mean, so he's as he's writing to the Ephesus, uh, the Ephesian church here, the, the Christians at Ephesus. He is writing to the Christians, you know. So a lot of the the so it's not necessarily the 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 imputed righteousness that we obtain in salvation. This is that righteousness that we are just to go out and to live and do to follow the commandments. And, and, and that is uh, our breastplate. That's what protects our vital organs. And we dealt with, um, uh, you know, how that the Lord used the word. And we dealt with the word already, and we're going to see the word again. All right. So, stand therefore having your loins girt about. No, rewind. And your feet shod. We're still talking about standing. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Brother Hall was a combat veteran in Vietnam. And before I went into the Air Force, uh, I was encouraged <laughs> to go into the Air Force by a friend of mine's father who had just retired as a senior master sergeant. One of his later, assi- uh, later assignments in his time in the Air Force was as a recruiter. So he was recruiting all of his daughter's friends. Uh, but I had looked at the Army, but he said, you don't want to go in the Army. You want to go in the Air Force. And he, but anyway, we were sitting in his house. I was sitting in, I think he had a little den, and we was talking about it one, one evening. And I guess it's probably after I, I, he already knew that I was going to go. I had already signed up on the delayed enlistment. 
And uh, he, he told me, because he was a Vietnam era uh, person as well, just like Brother Hall. And Brother Hall said the same thing. I heard it from two different men. So in the mouth of two, two or three witnesses, let everything be established. But one of the things that we learned in jungle warfare in Vietnam was, uh, and probably even in World War II, and in the, and in the, the rain and, and, and the jungles there in, in the Philippines and in the Pacific Islands where it was very moist, was uh, jungle rot of your feet. And what would happen is soldiers would go days upon end and, you know, going, you know, going through rivers and, and treading water and, and one thing or another and just keeping their boots on the whole time. Their boots would get wet, their boots would dry on their feet, and they never did take their sh- boots off. They never did take the time, because war is war, and that does take a little bit of time to do, and they would keep their boots on and their feet would get wet and they never took the boots off and then their feet would begin to rot. That's an ugly, ugly thought, ugly sight, but, you know, for the foot soldier, that's a bad thing. We talked about how the, when the girdle of truth, the girdle about our loins of truth, and if we throw our back out, just one little vertebra sideways, the biggest man has lost his strength. You know, and, and, and how important the truth is to us. And one little error will lose our strength. Well, the same thing when it goes to our feet. Look, if you're a foot soldier, which this kind of gives the indication of a foot soldier, you're a foot soldier and you damage your feet, <laughs> you can't go. There was a veteran in the veteran's nursing home. Uh, he, he's deceased now. He's a World War II veteran. I just about had his last name. His first name was Delbert. Uh, but Mr. Delbert, uh, when he was, he kind of had a little touch of dementia. But uh, when you was able, and you have conversations with him, and he would tell you about World War II, and I asked him one day, uh, I, can't, I just about had his name, and I called him by his last name. Um, but I said, I said, Mr. Delbert, I said, in World War II, I said, were you in the, the Pacific Theater or the European Theater? He says, I was in Europe. And he goes, and I've seen most of Europe. And he goes, and I walked everywhere. <laughs> I walked all across Europe. So I got to see plenty of it. And uh, he talked about walking. He was a foot soldier. And he goes, they would march, you know, miles a day to get from one place to the other. And he talked about some of the sights he seen. He said, I didn't get a, I didn't get a ride. I marched. You know, and, and so to take care of our feet, jungle rot. You know, and, and what, what the one fellow, the, my friend's dad said, he said, look, he says, you know, he goes, I know that we're not in wartime right now. He said, but it's important. Take care of your feet. He said, take your boot. If you go to the field, sometimes you go to exercise, take them boots off, wash your feet, dry your feet, powder your feet, powder your boots. Keep your feet dry. Take care of your feet. He, he couldn't stress that enough. And then Brother Hall in conversations after I met Lisa, in conversations he had talking about Vietnam, he pretty much said the same thing about taking care of our feet. You know, and, and, and so in, in that relation, you know, 
we see here as a soldier, we need to take care of our feet. Our feet should be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And, um, you know, and I couldn't help but to think about some scripture here dealing with the gospel and dealing with that peace. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians 9. <clears throat> Mark your place in case we go back there, but I guess I can use one of these. 1 Corinthians 9. I think I'm going to back up just because I'm going to grab this word gospel. Verse 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto unto me if I preach not the gospel. Exclamation point. (laughs) For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews." To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partaker thereof with you, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now, I read that passage of Scripture because Paul, writing to the Ephesian church, talks about uh, the gospel. I mean, talks about the, the spiritual war and, 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 and uh, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. There we go. Whew. So he's talking about warfare, and he's talking about preparing our feet for warfare. But here he's talking about running a race. And again, just like the runner, the feet is a very important thing. And in this particular passage of Scripture, he's dealing with taking the gospel to others. Taking the gospel to others. And in Hebrews 12 and verse 1 and 2, you know, the, you know this, I'll just read it. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight... And the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand 
of the throne of God. So again, this carrying the gospel is a race. And, and, and again, you know, Brother Hall, I keep going to Brother Hall. Brother Hall done a lot of things in his life. He tells a story because he, I guess, in high school, he played baseball, and he's a big baseball fan. And one time, somewhere in his school, high school, junior high, he ran cross country. And he said, uh, he said, as a boy, went to a different school, but, you know, he would see him at the races and stuff. And he would see him around the, the community, even though he went to another school and competed against him often. You know, he said, as he put it, he said, you know, me... And other fellows that I knew, we spent our summers doing things we ought probably not to have been doing. But he said, this fella, he said he would put gum boots on. He said you would see him all summer long putting big old heavy gum boots on and running down the road. All summer long, he would put gum boots on, get out early and run. And he goes, the rest of us, we didn't start practicing for cross country until we start the school. But he run all summer long in them gum boots. And he goes, then when school started, you know, the rest of us are trying to recover from the misdeeds that <laughs> and the abuse that we had put our bodies through over the summer. He said he, he had taken those gum boots off and put on those lightweight running shoes. And guess what? He was out ahead of all of us. The right kind of shoe and the right, you know, to run the race. And, and taking care of your feet to run the race. You know, again, putting your hand to the plow. You're going to go forward. Like he said, looking unto the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking forward. Don't look back. Don't put your hand on the plow and look back. What do you do with that? you got a crooked row if you look back. You look, you, you, you get something at the end of the field and you aim for that. Whatever you've set your eyes on, and you'll plow a straight row. And that's where a race ought to be. And so I wanted to pull into this taking care of our feet. Our feet has something to do with this thing. And it's the feet of, uh, uh, of the gospel. So it says in our text here, it said, uh, to our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And what is the gospel? The gospel stands for good news. You know, it's the good news that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, was buried and raised again the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. And it brings peace to people. It brought peace to you when you believed in the gospel. It was that peace that passeth all understanding. Philippians 4, 7, In the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I remember when I got saved. Brother Glenn and his teaching, he says, you know, it's different. Some people will come to the altar and they'll get up shouting. Some people come to the altar and they get up crying. Some people come to the altar and get up laughing. Some people come to the altar and they just get up and go back and no emotion. But they say that they're saved. And there's fruit that will that they'll bear to prove it. So, but one of the things, when I got saved, um, I just couldn't help but to just recognize within my own being, and probably others can testify to this too, but that grip <laughs> that the Holy Spirit had on my heart and conviction. 
You know, and I was just miserable. But once I got saved, that the peace was there. The, 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 pain, the, the pain of conviction wasn't there anymore. There was a peace that had just flooded my soul, and I just remember that to this day. And it, it, uh, to understand it, I don't understand it. To, to have peace when we, uh, you know, face the battles. I, my my step-aunt, if you want to put it that way, step-aunt, uh, not an ant on the ground, an aunt. My, my first stepfather, uh, which my mom divorced and married again, Second stepfather and divorced him too. But anyway, but my first stepfather, we're still pretty close. And uh, him and my mom had a daughter together. So I have a half sister by them, and I have a half sister by my dad, and one full brother. So, you know, in those kind of families, you just kind of. So my stepdad, Joe. I had two sisters and a brother, so they were Uncle Bill and Aunt Peggy and Aunt Judy. Judy was the baby of the four of them. And just got word last night, right, that Judy's husband died. And uh, so one of the things that, you know, as it come across that, uh, you know, to pray for her because it's going to be a long night, long several days to come. And those of you who have lost spouses, you understand that. But those of us have... Even though the pain is there, when we lose a fill-in-the-blank, the pain is there, the peace of God somehow is able to help you through that. Having God as your Father to just to, to carry you through those tough times, and then you see people that don't know Christ as their Father just totally devastated, and they look at your strength and they say, how are you so strong during this time? And you say, well, it's not of myself. It's, you have to give God the glory <laughs> that he's the one that's carrying you through. We were sitting at Brahms the other night, got an ice cream cone. So we was eating that soft serve ice cream. We, we was toying in the weather to, to, to take it or leave it. So, I mean, to go home with it or just eat there with it. So we sat down in the booth, and that... Church, <laughs> Caddy Corner across the street from Brahms. They have the, the one big building for the youth, and there was three, two girls and a boy that walked in. Now, mind you, as we was going through, there's a, three people, four people that was just ahead of us, and they were sitting in a booth over on the, on the 15th Street end, and we were sitting on the side, parking lot side. Anyway, these kids from across the street just got out of their church, and they come over, and they just, this one of them just walks up to us and says, you mind if I ask you a question? And we're like, no. Said, How long have you been together? And we said, 35 years. How have you stayed together so long? I mean, what's the secret? Well, my voice has a tendency to carry. <laughs> so I got to testify in Brahms the other night about the goodness of God on Lisa and I's life and marriage. And it was just God that kept us together all those years. You know, and then, so this other two walks up, and we're just talking a little bit, and I told them I pastored down here, and we talked about that a little bit, and um, then they, they said, well, thank you, sorry to disturb you, and they left, and then this other couple that was, had gone through the line before us got up and said, that was so sweet, so I got to testify, like I said, to all the Brahms, 
where I pastored and God's grace and goodness in our lives. Is it, has it always been easy? No. But God has given us that, that peace and God has given us the strength to carry on. And some people just don't see that. And, you know, they don't want to take the time to fight the battle. They don't want to take the time to, to seek uh, uh, restitution with each other in a relationship. You know, and, and, and sit down with God. And this is way off my subject, but it works. You know, I've seen marriage um, illustrations. There we go. Marriage illustrations is a triangle with the spouse, each spouse being at the bottom of the triangle and God being at the top of the triangle. You know, and as you move toward each other, you get away from God unless both of you move toward God. And if both of you move toward God this way, as you move toward each other, you're getting away from God. But if you move up toward the top, then you're getting closer together. And that's a pretty good illustration. If both of you will seek God, even in the hard times and hard trials, both of you will seek God, you will crawl closer together. And that was just a side note. All right, where are we getting ready to do? Peace, there we go. <laughs> Luke 1, Luke 1, 17, and we're going to tie it all together in Romans. You guys know where I'm going, but Luke 1, 17, the gospel is that good news, and this is testified of, of Christ here, here, here even in Luke, Luke 1 and 79, I said 17, didn't I? Luke 1, 79, talking about the Lord here. This is um, Zacharias's uh, testimony here, uh, prophesying a little bit. Get down to, let's see, uh, seventy-five in holiness and righteousness before Him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. This may be talking about John. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is talking about John. All right, when his mouth was opened. So he's talking about John. He knows John is going to uh, go before Christ. And John is going to give light to them that sit in darkness. Again, from, Matthew, from Malachi to Matthew, about 400 years, nobody heard from God. And then here comes John. <laughs> Zacharias is testifying. And he said, so again, going with, the, with, this, with this gospel message to give light to them that sit in darkness... And in the shadow of the death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the gospel brings peace in our lives. The gospel, that turmoil, I mean, I can, you know, I've told some of the stories of seeing stepdads, not the first stepdad, well, maybe the first stepdad too, but not as much as the second stepdad. And the things that happened under the influence of alcohol in my home. Some of you said, oh, yeah, I've seen stuff like that before, been there, done that. Some of you maybe experienced it in your own home before, but then God allowed you to hear the gospel. God's, and then your home's different. 
The peace is on your home. The peace is on your life. And, 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 and it, 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 it's passing understanding. Nobody can understand it. Nobody can hardly explain it. It's just something that you experience it. And you're glad that you're experiencing it. You go home and things are just different. Different in the relationships. Different in the fact that you both hold hands and call upon God together. Where two or three are gathered. And so, and where two are agree touching heaven. Let that two be husband and wife. And agree touching heaven on some things in your prayer life. Again, I'm getting all over the place. All right, so John 16. Here we go. John 16. Thirty-one. Jesus answered them, "Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh; yea, is uh, yea, is now come that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer; I have overcome the world." And again, again, the gospel is the words of man about Christ. And here are the words of Christ. And he's saying, these things have I spoken unto you that ye might have peace. I mean, two chapters prior to, you know, they didn't understand what they were going to be seeing. He tried to warn them in, in, you know, in, in John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he even says, verse number 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth give I unto you, neither let, your, uh, let, your heart, uh, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so there's the peace that comes from the word of God. There's a peace that comes from the gospel that's preached. Acts chapter 10, we're moving right along. We're, I took a little more scriptures here if I can keep from talking. All right. That's what it's all about. All right, I love it. All right, Acts chapter 10. And this is the passage where Peter goes to Cornelius, Gentiles. And let's see here. So he summoned, verse number 34, he's at Cornelius' house. <clears throat> Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, that's the gospel. The gospel of peace, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee, after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree." Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to, not to all the people, but unto the witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, 
who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is which, uh, which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him give all the prophets witness, and through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. But again, I wanted to point out that the fact that he um, that was preaching peace by Jesus Christ, which is that gospel message. Now Romans chapter 10. Brother Glenn can rehash this in just a few weeks. <laughs> Romans chapter 10. Let's go to 10. Might as well. Well, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Believing the gospel. For with the heart man believeth under righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And there is no difference between the Jew or and, and the Greek. We've just seen that in Acts 10. Uh, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here's the question. Now we're getting to the feet. See, how it all works together like that? How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the Great Commission. And so, again, <laughs> big long way around to get to and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We should have that gospel message, the preparation. We should be prepared to carry the gospel and the gospel message in our warfare. Uh, and that's where our feet, our, you know, the gospel, again, you can apply, I'm not, I mean, I, we, can, we can look at it this way. I don't think it's, it's written this way because these are all, it's already written to the church, but you can, you know, to get in the battle, you know, I mean, you could actually, if there was lost folks here, to get in the battle, you could talk about, you know, that the truth. Uh, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. There's the truth. And you could talk about that breastplate of righteousness as I've already rehashed. Our righteousness is those filthy rags. It's Jesus Christ's imputed righteousness Amen. through belief in him. If you're talking to the sinner, this look, hey, <laughs> if, if you're the recruiter, <laughs> you're already signed up. You're already, you know, a believer. You're already in the Lord's army. And you got somebody sitting across the table from you that's inquiring. 
say, look, you need the truth, and the truth will make you free. <laughs> what is the truth? Well, let me, let me share it with you, that Jesus Christ died uh, for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and rose again th- the third day according to the Scriptures. There's that gospel, and there's the truth. You know, and you have that truth, you put on that armor, then you get the righteousness of God through belief in Jesus Christ, His righteousness imputed unto you, and then you go with the gospel. Hey, let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. You know, so I mean, it can be applied that way, but I'm thinking, look, this is, this is the truth that we have as a child of God, already as a child of God. We take the truth and we gird ourselves about it. We, have, we, we actually practice what we, what we read and practice what's preached and, pra- and, and, and obey the commandments of the Lord, and that's the righteousness. That keeps us guarded here. But then we, we the whole, the whole uh, commission, the whole, what's the word I'm looking for? If you are, the, we can just say mission. Just to take the coal off of it. Look, these fellas here, they're, they're doing some exercises. They do exercises all the time. But when they exercise, you know, they go through the whole thing as if they're going to get on a plane and go to some destination. You know, sometimes it's classified, sometimes it ain't. Sometimes they don't know where they're going until they <laughs> just right there toward the end. But they go through in these exercises, and they go get all their gear, and then they go through their line, and then they get on the plane. Lots of times they go over to the Glenwood training area, and then they go over there and play war games. But when they get over there, in fact, I had to brief this, this today, I had to brief this yesterday morning. Yes, I think that's right. Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning. That was yesterday. I had to preach it yesterday morning at 645 um, so it was as if they landed on a Ford operating base and they were just getting there and I've been there and I say, okay, here is what you're going to face here in this place. Here is your mission. All right? So, you know, it could be, you know, you landed a base and the mission is a certain type of aircraft. Maybe it's a bombing mission. All right? So the only aircraft on the base is bombers. So that's what your mission is. Maybe bombers and refuelers. Or you could go to a base and it's a fighter base. So there's your mission is to take care of these fighters. It's a different mission than bombers, but this is a different mission. When I was in the Air Force a long time ago, of course, Gorbachev and Reagan signed it away, but it was ground launch cruise missiles. That was my mission. We had a mobile missile unit in the Air Force, and that was my mission. So the mission for the Christian soldier here in this verse, verse 15, is to go in the preparation that shod our feet to go with. How beautiful are the feet of them, which carries that gospel of peace. And, and we're to, our co-mission for the church is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, there's, and how do you go? One foot in front of the other. Just like a good foot soldier, just like Mr. Delbert. I almost had his last name again. That's going to drive me nuts. Oh, I got it. Dan, brother, um, no, I said brother. Delbert Steersman, Mr. Steersman. 
Just like Mr. Stearman said, I've seen all of Europe because I walked all over Europe. And we need to go with the gospel. We've got, we're, we're got some strength on. We're practicing righteousness. Look, they're going to look at you. They're looking at you. They want to see, look, they're not going to, they're not going to go to, they're not going to listen to the one that says, yeah, I go to church and then talks about going to the bar on Saturday night. They're not going to have any, any confidence in that person. Or talks about going to their form of religious center and cusses like a sailor. No confidence. That's that righteousness. Look, they're going to look. They're looking at you. And what is the biggest part of them that's looking at? It's not here. It's right here. And that's where that blessed prayer of righteousness is. That's where that doing good is. That's where we're doing, following the commandments of the scriptures is. It's here. And as you go out, you got that righteousness on, but you're going because your feet is shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You've got to go, and you've got to go with a message. And you're going with a mission. And that mission is to preach the gospel to every creature. As a church, and as an individual. Hey, look, let me tell you what the Lord's done for me. Let me tell you why I enjoy the peace in my home. Let me tell you, why well, I, I have a peace that passeth all understanding. I was in term. I was like, like he testified of it last time I was gone. I was like the maniac of Gadara. No man could bind me. I was a wild man. But along came Jesus. And he spoke peace over the storm. And, the, and, and he stilled the waves and he stilled the wind. And then he landed on the shore and he spoke peace to my soul. Woo! <laughs> And just testify of that. People don't understand that. Your visitor from a land far away. If you get, you know, you talk about the troubles and the trials. You know what the answer is? Let me share it with you. You know, you can have peace in your home by obeying the gospel. By allowing Jesus to come into your heart. A peace, an inner peace that passeth all understanding. And you apply the principles of righteousness in your home. It'll change your home. And you can testify of that. So as we go out, let's strap on the gospel on our, on our, on our feet. And let's go out with the gospel message. And then we'll look at the rest of them later on. I, I'm just going to... Keep on plowing through them until we get done. I'm enjoying it, but like I said, you be be ready, be ready for the battle, because he doesn't want us to know about him. He doesn't want us to know about his wiles. He doesn't want to know about the spiritual warfare. So it starts on your knees, asking Lord, and I, it finishes there too. Really does. Uh, of course, we go through the Word and hiding the Word in our hearts. We might not sin against God. I'm just telling you, there's so much, just like Daniel, so much warfare. I'm enjoying reading through Daniel. I've got three books back there. One of them, Brother Sutton's outline book. Uh, we're getting to them. We're into them future visions of Daniel right now, and we're reading it, going, "What does that all mean?" Anyway, but uh, you know, we were plugging through it, reading it. But uh, uh, I'm enjoying reading Daniel, and Daniel. You know, Daniel was a praying man. He gives us an example. 
even when they look, they say, we're going to try to find something against him. They say, you have to do it with his God. <laughs> and he went and prayed. Windows open, just like he'd always prayed before. I'm just telling you, there's where, there's where a lot of battles take place, is when we're on our knees. And Satan want to hinder our prayers. Get them prayers through, the, prayer, the answers will come. Amen. So pray for these. It's on the prayer list we, we talked about. Uh, we'll be dismissing a word of prayer. Pray for each other. And uh, just know that we are here for each other. You know, if we can be of assistance in any way we can, I just you know, keep us informed of things. I mean, I, not that I need to be in all your business, but if you need assistance, you need prayer, just like I told Mr. Mullen the other night, Look, you got a specific prayer, you let us know about it. We'll pray specifically. <laughs> and I believe in it. I'm just telling you. And, uh, and I believe God hears me, God answers me, and hopefully you, you've got some, some confidence in your prayer life too, and uh, we can see great mighty things done. Here's an example. God answered prayer. Right back there is an example not of me, ain't nothing. If you've seen what my, was in my savings account when I first started that, in fact, when I first started that, I told them, they said, tell us what's in your savings, and it was not enough to buy that. I know I mean. It was just God. All of it was God. And it's answer prayer. So anyway, all right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you and praise you for the day. I thank you for this word of God. And Lord, for giving us the word that we might prepare ourselves to face the battles that we face day by day. I pray, thanking you, Lord, for your goodness and your gracious toward us, for your strength, for salvation. We thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for your son, for his love, your love toward us and sending him that we might be reconciled back unto thee. Pray, Lord. As we go out, that we will gird ourselves with the truth, that we will hide the word in our heart, not only that we might not sin, but, Lord, will we be prepared to give men the answers. I pray, Lord, also that you'd help us to, to follow the commandments in the Scriptures and, Lord, to put that breastplate of righteousness on, them, on us, Lord, so that we can, so folks can see that we are a soldier of the Lord and, uh, and know whose, whose side we're on. I pray, Lord, also that you'd help us, Lord, to go with the ready tongue of the gospel, Lord, and help, help folks to come to Christ, Lord, that, that are in darkness, help them to see the light. Lord, help us to bring them to the light, plucking them out of the fire. And, uh, Lord, we pray and ask that you would just uh, help us be, with, uh, 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 be ready with a witness for thee uh, and, and to share the goodness of God, uh, which, which leadeth men to repentance. I ask and pray that you would uh, be with Brother Tim, uh, Tina, Millie, and uh, Linda, and uh, Lord, the situation there. pray that you would just give grace and help there. pray and ask that you would uh, uh, be with Miss Sherry as she uh, continues to visit her children, that you would give her safe passage back from Louisiana, bring her back home safely, we pray. pray your protective hand and hedge about her on the road, and uh, that you keep her safe along the way. And we'll thank you and praise you. Be with Brother Glenn that you touch his vertigo, help it to get better. And I pray that you'll keep it at bay once it is better. Pray, Lord, for Lisa as we go and find answers from the doctor concerning her EMS. Pray for 
the rest of us, Lord, in physical afflictions and other needs that we, we face daily. I pray, Lord, for those that have been visiting that are lost, and I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would just deal with them where they're at now, and Lord, deal with them on Sunday, and I pray that they'll make a move uh, to, uh, toward salvation, and we pray that you'd save them before it's everlastingly too late. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen and amen. <clears throat> You're at liberty.